every family has something meaningful and special about it. It could be a family farm, an ancient history, maybe some kind of family activity. My family collected stories. Some of my fondest memories as a child are listening to old granddad spin his tales around a campfire. Short, tall, real, or imagined, he loved them all. We weren't sitting around a fire, and we weren't telling stories, but something about this late Saturday morning brought those long days of my childhood to my memory. Maybe it was the heat of the summer morning. Maybe it was the sound of traffic through my office window. Maybe it was the way Gerda kept losing at every hand of crazy eights we've played for the last two hours. Look, you put down an eight, Gerda. What's the suit? <sighs> Hearts. Ah, uh, sorry, Gerda. I, I win again. What's going on with you? You usually have better luck than this. I don't know, Sven. I guess I'm just distracted. Distracted, huh? You got another date with old well done? Wellington. Yes, I do, and I'd appreciate it if you'd show him a little respect. He's a good guy. You should meet him. I think you'd like him. Yeah, sure. Uh, whatever you say, Gerda. Where'd you meet this guy, anyway? I told you. I met him last week at the courthouse. Courthouse, huh? Uh, are you sure this guy is on the up and up? That's enough, Sven. You're acting awfully judgmental about someone you've never met. Something wrong? Are you jealous? <laughs> jealous? Me? Uh, come on in. Door's open. Elise! Are, are you all right? Oh, Sven, it's horrible. My Celia Robroch, it's gone. Here, Elise, sit down. Oh, thank you, Gerda. Thank you, Sven. Look, tell us what's going on, Elise. Oh, Sven, I can hardly believe it myself. Last night, I put my family Celia Broach back into its glass case and locked it up tight. This morning, I found a perfect round hole cut into the glass case and the Celia Broach gone. Oh, Sven, what will I do? Oh, cal calm down, Elise. First of all, tell us, what is a Celia Broach? Well, Sven, a Celia Broach is a type of silver jewelry used in the olden days back in Norway. There are all kinds of different types of Celia Broaches, some for men, some for women, very valuable, and they symbolize different things. Symbolize what kinds of things, Elise? Well, one type of brooch has all kinds of disc shapes attached to it, like coins. The more discs, the more the boy appreciated his girl. Like a wedding ring. Yeah, kind of like that, Sven. Another type of brooch has silver pendants that hang down to represent barley. Barley? Yes, Gerda, barley. It symbolizes fertility. Oh, you know, Gerda, you shouldn't wait forever to start a family. Best to start while you still have the energy to run after all those little ones. Uh, uh, so, uh, what type of brooch do you have, Elise? My brooch belonged to my great-great-grandmother, passed down from generation to generation. It looks like a circle surrounded by another circle. Very ornate, very ancient. 
It's called a serpent brooch, and it represents the Midgard serpent, a huge snake said to surround the earth while eating its own tail. Sounds beautiful, Elise. Oh, it is. Oh, it's so beautiful and priceless to me. It's said that this brooch once belonged to the Queen of Norway. Oh, oh Sven, who would do something like this? I'm not sure, but I'm going to find out. Elise, I'd like to examine the crime scene, see if I can learn anything. A sure thing, Sven. We can go right now. I asked Lucille to watch the shops for me for a while. Could you use an extra set of eyes, Sven? I guess so, Gerda, as long as you can keep your mind on the crime and not on tonight's date. Gerda's got a date tonight? Oh, tell me all about it, hon. With that, we drove over to Elisa's house, where it became clear that whoever stole the brooch knew what they were doing. The thief opened the case by cutting the glass with some kind of compass, creating a perfect circle that Elise claimed was just large enough to fit the serpent brooch. Whoever this thief was, he knew exactly what he was looking for. We dropped Elise off at the Lefsa Emporium after promising her we'd do whatever it took to get the serpent brooch. I had an idea that there was more to this robbery than meets the eye. And who better to help us figure out what than another crook? The parking lot of Odin's Eye Tavern was nearly empty with just a couple of beat-up jalopies taking up the front spots. I recognized the rustiest, dustiest car as the one belonging to my old friend, Ronnie the Rat. And sure enough, we found him alone at the far end of the dark bar, nursing his drink for all it was worth. What do you want, Marlo? We ain't exactly friendly. Ronnie, you hurt my feelings. I mean, we go way back. Way back? Sure, if you count that time you got me busted down at the drugstore, or, or maybe when you called in my crooked bingo game. Mm, like I say, we ain't exactly friendly. I heard you got back into town a couple weeks ago, Ronnie, and haven't had a chance to check in. Are you staying back at your old place by Cemetery Hill? Look, Marlo, I don't know what you want with me, but I is on the up and up. I swear I gone clean. We know that, Ronnie, but you still know what's going on. You've got ears like an elephant. Like an elephant, you say? Sheesh! I think that's a compliment. Look, we just need to know if anyone's been trying to hire one of the local hoods for a special robbery in and out. I told you, I don't know nothing. Ronnie the Rat don't know what's happening? I don't believe it. Don't call me that. It's Ronnie. Okay, Ronnie. Look, here's the deal. Tell us about any jobs you've heard about, and I promise I'll leave you alone. Come on, you guys. Give me a break. <laughs> I can't be losing my friend's trust already. Aren't we your friends, Ronnie? Besides, you're going to have a hard time keeping any friends when you're followed around by the local detective oh, all day. Oh, man. I'll tell you what I know, but you got to get out of here right away, okay? You got it, Ronnie. Sheesh. I know I'm going to regret this. All right. A couple of weeks ago, word was out that someone was looking for... A cat burglar. 
Somebody that could break into a place and get something quiet like. And who got the job? I don't know. I didn't have nothing to do with it. But if you had to guess. If I had to guess, I'd say Bobby Sue Thompson. Now get out of here and leave me alone. Old Sticky Fingers Bobby back in town. On the way to Bobby's place, I dropped Gerda off at the office so she could take care of some errands and get ready for her big date. I drove out to Bobby's place at the edge of town, down by Cemetery Hill, and I parked the judge about a block away. Bobby Sue lived at her mother's place, rest her soul, and didn't appear to have much interest in keeping the place together. The, the roof needed new shingles, the lawn needed mowing, and the old car parked in the driveway looked like it needed to retire. In front of the house sat a shiny black BMW. I heard voices coming from one of the open windows and I crept up through the long grass to try and get a better vantage point. I just realized the sound was coming from a radio when something hit me hard from behind and everything went black. I woke up lying on a musty futon in a dark room, a single dirty window on one wall, an old wooden door shut on the opposite. My hands were tied tight behind my back, but I, I could just reach into my back pocket where I kept my granddad's old jackknife. As I slipped open the knife and began working at the knots, I heard muffled voices outside the door. Things have changed. I gotta leave town tonight, and I want more money. My dear girl, we had an agreement. You get me the brooch, and I give you the money. I have the money as we agreed. It's time for you to follow through on your part of the deal. Like I said, the job had some surprises. They came in the shape of a local detective. I got tied up in the back room. It's gonna cost you more. How do I always end up working with such Greedy, uneducated bumpkins. All right, I can get you more money, Bobby. Now show me the brooch. Uh, oh, got the first knot. Oh, come on, Sven, old buddy, hurry. I don't got it. You don't got it? What do you mean you don't got it? I mean, I don't got it. At least not with me. Where's the brooch? I got it in a safe place, close by for insurance. Oh, almost there. Move it. Come on, you're almost out of time. Yeah, just in case you was gonna double-cross me. Kill me and take the goods. Something like that. <laughs> double. Me double-cross you. <laughs> I'll meet you back here in 15 minutes with the money. You get the brooch. Not here. I ain't sticking around here. Let's meet at Odin's Eye Tavern again. Fine. I'll bring you your money, including a generous amount to cover the cost of your uh, little surprise. If you change the deal again, or leave the brooch behind, I have ways to make your life very, very unpleasant. Do we understand each other? Yeah, we understand each other. What about him? A two-bit snoop. As far as I see it, you only have one option. Take care of him. Permanently. Ah, there. I'm free. 
15 minutes. Don't be late. Time to pay the piper, Marlowe. Uh, I think it's time to make my exit through this window here. See ya, Bobby. Hey, stop! Stop or I'll shoot! Oh, I just gotta get around the corner to the judge. Oh, oh that was close. There's the judge. But, but what's this? All the tires are slashed. I got you now, Marlo. Oh, I, I better make tracks. Uh, I'll duck down this alley. Hey, hey, that's Ronnie's place. Oh, Bobby hasn't caught up with me. Uh, I'll just get inside quick. Oh, 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 there she is. Oh, come on, keep on going, Bobby Sue. Nothing to see here. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I went all the way through that alley. Yeah, good girl. Milo, what are you doing in my kitchen? Out of the frying pan and into the fire. Only this time the frying pan was a six and a half foot crook with blonde ponytails reminiscent of a lady wrestler. And the fire was the cozy kitchen of my old pal, Ronnie the Rat. It might have been his body language, the way his mouth grimaced when he said my name, or possibly the gun he held pointed directly at my chest. But I got the distinct impression that Ronnie was not happy to see me. Did you hear me, Marlow? I asked you what you doing in my kitchen. Yeah, 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 I heard you, Ronnie. Look, put the piece away. It's, it's making me nervous. What? Oh, this thing. Sorry about that. You just can't be too sure in this neighborhood. Yeah, and, and keep quiet. She's still out there. Still out there? Who's still out there? Bobby Sue. She shot the judge. Bobby Sue? Sticky fingers, Bobby? Got the drop on you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very, very funny. Look, I'm serious, Ronnie. Keep it down. She's out there with a gun. Uh, okay. Uh, okay, Marlo. I'll, I'll quiet down. She must have had what you was looking for then. Huh? Not on her, but yeah, she's got it. At least for now. So what are you going to do? I've got to get over to the Odin's Eye. But right now, the judge is out of commission. How about you give me a ride over there in that rust pile you call a car? Like I told you before, I don't want no trouble with nobody. I just gotta, you know, watch out for myself. Bobby Sue stole a family heirloom from Elise Ellison. Elise Ellison? You mean that sweet old lady that owns the left emporium? That... That Elise Ellison? That's the one, Ronnie. She's the only one in this whole stinking town that didn't turn her back on me. She's like a mother to me. Just tell me what I got to do, Marlo. When we stepped into the garage where Ronnie keeps his jalopy, I started having second thoughts about needing his help. The car was surreal duct tape holding one of the side mirrors on and a two by four bolted in back in the place of a bumper. With no other options, I took his word that the piece of junk would work. And when he started it up, it didn't sound half bad. Sven Marlowe, small town detective. Sven, hey, it's me, Gerda. Hi, Gerda. Is everything okay? 
Shouldn't you be out on your date? Canceled on me last minute. Something about some business he needs to take care of. Well, I'm sure it was important, whatever it is. Yeah, it's just not like him to cancel plans like that. Now that I've got some free time, I figured you might need a hand. Sure thing, Gerda. Ronnie and I are hot on the trail of the stolen brooch. How soon can you get to Odin's Eye? I can be there in five minutes. This time, the parking lot of Odin's Eye was nearly full. Ronnie drove around back and pulled in next to a shiny black BMW we found parked at an angle, taking up two spots. I told Ronnie to stay in the car and keep an eye on the back door. I went around to the front entrance just as Gerda pulled into the parking lot. She smiled as she got out of her car, dressed in a sleek black cocktail dress with a plunging neckline, and crossed the parking lot. I pulled myself together and slapped my gaping jaw shut just as she walked up to me. How's it going, Sven? You ready to catch this guy? Uh, what? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, Gerda. It's a long shot, but with luck, we'll catch him red-handed. Where's Ronnie? I thought you said he'd be here, too. Ronnie? Oh, oh yeah, he's around and back, guarding the back door, just in case this scumbag tries to get away. Okay, well, are you ready, then? Uh, ready? Um, uh, it's just that, uh, you know, say, Gerda, you, you look great. Thanks, Fen. I bet you've never seen me all dolled up before. Not like this, Gerda, I haven't. Shall we do it? Do it? Yes, Fen. Are you ready to go inside? Go inside. Sven, are you ready to enter the bar? Oh, sure, Gerda. Let's go. Who are we looking for? Bobby Sue. Do, do you see her anywhere? No, it's hard to see anyone in this dark bar. Stay here. I'll get us a couple of sodas while our eyes adjust. Bobby, 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 where could you be? Sven! Hey, Sven, come over here a minute. What is it, Gerda? Sven, I'd like you to meet a friend of mine. Sven Marlowe, Wellington Gray. Charmed, I'm sure. So you're Wellington Gray. Uh, what brings you to a dive like this? As I was just telling the lovely Ms. Henshaw, I have a last-minute business deal to make, and this was the preferred establishment. Now, if you'll excuse me. Good to see you, Wellesie. Hmm, that don't beat all. Wellesie? Well, I can't call him Wellington all the time, can I? Hey, Gerda, I think I've met him before. Or, or at least I've heard his voice before. Heard his voice? Yeah, yeah, let's see. Now, where have I heard him before? Bobby Sue's house. That's the voice of the other guy. The other guy? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Today, after Bobby Sue clobbered me, I woke up in her extra room and I heard her arguing with the guy who hired her. I swear, it was Wellington's voice. Wellington? Sven, you've got to be kidding me. I am not kidding you, Gerda. Oh, don't look now. I'm not mistaken, that's Bobby Sue that just sat down across from Wellesie. She's got a paper bag with her. I don't believe it, Sven. Look, he's got a paper bag next to him, too. They're trading them. This is it, Gerda. Time to go. Hey, sit down, Bobby Sue. 
Let's all have a nice chat. What is the meaning of this? Zip it, Wellington. Sven's got something to say. I ain't got nothing to say to you. Get out of my face! Oh. Hey, man. Mm. You spilled my drink. Take that! Oh. Oh. Hey, you knock oh, Poor fellow. Good thing I ducked. Nobody hits my friends and gets away with it. Take this, Bobby Sue. Oh! Hey, feller, I think this belongs to you. Oh, right back at you, my friend. Oh. That smarts girl, you just don't know when to leave it alone, do ya? I believe this is the perfect time for me to make a quick and quiet exit. Oh, I, I gotta stop that Wellington guy. You ain't going nowhere, sucker! Bobby Sue, look, let me pass. Or what, Mr. Detective? Gonna sick your girlfriend on me again? Bobby Sue, I swore I'd never harm a woman. But in your case, I think I'll make an exception. Gerda, the back door! That's far enough, Mr. Marlowe. Not only does Gerda here make an excellent diversion in this hideous hick town, but she also serves quite well as, dare I say, a detective deterrent. <laughs> Let go of me, you freak! Enough! I have more than one bullet in this gun, Gerda. Settle down before I decide to use them all on both of you. What do you want, Wellington? What do I want? What do I want? Mr. Marlowe, the first thing I want is for you to drop your gun. Very good. Now I'm going to leave this place with Gerda and my little treasure here. All this for a simple piece of silver? Is it really worth it? Worth it? The simple piece of silver, as you call it, is one of the finest examples of pre-Christian Scandinavian royalty in existence. It's worth a fortune. That old biddy has no idea of its value or significance. Get behind the driver's seat, Gerda. Ever drive a BMW? Let me go! Now what? You know I'll track you down. Quite right, my friend. But you can't follow me if you're dead. No! Not on my watch! Hold on to him, Ronnie. Sven, you okay? Yeah, Gerda, I, I'm okay. The bullet put a hole in my hat, but not in my head. Oh, Sven. You twos want to give me a hand? The, the cops is here, and I gotta make myself gone. Yeah, go on, Ronnie. We'll take it from here. Yeah, thanks, Ronnie. Oh, it was nothing. Now get out of here. Gerda, Marlo, I had a feeling that I'd find you tied up in this mess somehow. Now put your hands on the hood of the car where I can see them. Did you hear me, Marlo? Marlo! After Gerda explained what happened, Under Sheriff Benson cleaned up the mess at the bar, taking both Wellington and Bobby Sue into custody. 
Turns out Wellington had a large collection of stolen Scandinavian artifacts, and Bobby Sue was responsible for a rash of burglaries around town. Sounds like both of them will be going away for quite some time. Ronnie the Rat was nearly caught when one of the deputies recognized his car at the scene. I took the fall, claiming to have borrowed the junker against my better judgment. But that was that. With only one thing left to do, Gerda and I went to the Lefsa Emporium to tell Elise the good news. Sven, Gerda, what's happening? I saw so many police cars headed to the end of town. We got your serpent brooch back, Elise. Oh, you did? Oh, you make an old woman so happy. Let me hug you right now. Oh, okay, Elise, okay. Look, I, I promised I'd help, and I always keep my word. Oh, Sven, I never had any doubts. How much do I owe you? Owe me? Well, there's no way I would charge you for this, Elise. Oh, but Sven, I have to show my appreciation to you somehow. I've got an idea, Elise. Anything, Gerda. Just tell me what I can do. Three of us spent the rest of the evening at the Lefse Emporium, Elise treating us to an excellent meal while telling us stories of her family and childhood. Gerda and I laughing and joining in with tales of our own. Stories have a way of taking on a life of their own, the characters growing larger than they were in reality, the action more exciting. Somehow, it all just felt one big happy family. You've been listening to The Adventures of Sven Marlowe, Small Town Detective, in the case of The Serpent and the Rat. Today's show was produced in the studios of WDRT Viroqua, 91.9 FM in Viroqua, Wisconsin. The cast today included Steve Lorden, as Sven Marlowe, Michelle Pedretti as Gerda Henshorn, Kat Tigerman as Elise Ellefson, Jane Kuba as Bobby Sue Thompson, Adam Fogelson as Wellington Gray, Carl Schlecht as Ronnie the Rat, Under Sheriff Benson and Bystander Number One, Josh Peters as Bystander Number Two, and live sound effects, and Rusty James as our audio engineer. Some of the recorded sound effects were used under a Creative Commons 3.0 license from the soundbible.com and freesound.org. Music used in this production was by Kevin McLeod of incomputech.com. The Case of the Serpent and the Rat was written by Josh Peters. Stay tuned for the next adventure of Sven Marlowe, Small Town Detective.